0: this episode of driven minds podcast is brought to you by terry ashley terry ashley creates timeless minimal edgy pieces to effortlessly spruce up anyone's individual style visit at terryashley.com and follow them at terryashley.nyc enjoy the show Driven Minds Podcast, this is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. And for another installment, uh, happy uh, Tuesday, everybody. Yes, sir. So we have another special guest in the building. Absolutely. Uh, The co founder of Squire uh, Barber, Mr. Song LaRon. What up, what up, what up?
1: This this, this clap is extended. extended No no standing (laughs) 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 ovation. It's the least you can do. Oh, man, for all the uh, brothers out there, you know, all the men out there who uh, take pride. And the sisters with a back taper. <laughs> in their haircuts and their uh going to their barbers. I know we do. It's like an experience. Me and Franz talk about this shit all the time. Facts. Oh, uh, you kind of need a haircut. If you want to stay fresh out here, you, especially in the summertime, and the wintertime is grinding time, so you could wolf up like Franz is right now. Oh, Amen. <laughs> But in the summertime, we say you need a fresh cut every four days. And you need to hit your barber up, make that appointment. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. You know
1: what I'm saying? We have the pleasure of speaking to a a gentleman that solves this problem for us. You know what I mean? On reaching out to your barber, trying to schedule the appointment, trying to find the right barber in your area. If you're a traveling man, if you're a professional, if you're a creative artist and you're around the cities nationally... We found a brother that um, uh, solved this problem for us, man. And um, he created the Squire app. And uh, I'm going to let him talk about it. Um, but um, we just want to thank you, brother, <laughs> for creating uh, yeah. this for us. Thank yeah. you, man.
2: Thank you for having me. Uh, like you said, this, it's something that is like universal. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like most of us started going to barbershops when we were children. Mm-hmm. Like I know I started with my pops when I was like six, maybe six or seven, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And it's like that one part of your life that's consistent. It's the only service you're likely getting on a consistent basis as a man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, from the beginning, you know, I knew it was like a, a, a super
1: like important and, and like relevant thing to work on. Absolutely. You know I mean? well, when did it like hit you? Like, you know what? Is it, we're going to create an app. And like, when did that even, you know, what was the what was the process like? So, I mean, I always
2: kind of had entrepreneurship like, in my DNA. It was, like always something. My mom was very entrepreneurial, and I saw her growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt like it was something I wanted to do, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you know, I didn't know specifically what the options were. So, like, the idea of, like, starting a tech company when I was in high school, college, that literally never crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I did the more traditional thing, which was, you know, I ended up going to law school, practicing law um, at a corporate firm doing that even though I wasn't really happy with it, because mm-hmm. um, I always felt like I wanted to do something else. Yeah. So, uh, like many ideas, this came about from just something that I was experiencing myself, which is, like you said, going to barbershops. And, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure you all can relate to it, most people can, most men can. That wait time mm-hmm. was awful. Yeah, I don't do it. I gotta do it. Especially practice.
0: if you go to a Jamaican barbershop. <laughs> Word. Yeah. I'm just like, How, why, why do you have an attitude? Right? <laughs> like, my appointment was three hours ago. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. It <Right>. be <laughs> tight like yo, yeah. you go tell me to wait quick. Yeah. Like what?
2: <laughs> it was just super inefficient, and, and you know when we were kids in high school, it was like you could do that. But when you're a professional, yeah. when you're working, you know, uh, at a bank or a firm or whatever yeah, you're doing, billable hours, yeah. and you gotta go in, you gotta stay fresh. Absolutely. You can't afford to wait an hour or, or two. So that was what I was running up against. Mm. Uh, you know, once a week, and mm-hmm. you know, I was every four days. I was about once a week in there, and it was just like the this, this, this super inefficient process mm-hmm. of texting the barber back and forth. Yo, can I get in into three? Mm-hmm. Oh no, come come through a five. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. It was just like, why? Yeah, right. uh, so at that time, there was really no solutions from the, from like a technology standpoint, like solving this problem. So that that's where the idea came from, was just like solving something mm-hmm. I had been experiencing for
1: years. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Super
1: so dope. dope. Yeah, yeah. That's all, let's take it back a little bit, even like you know where you're from, and um, you said your parents really inspired you to be entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, exactly in what way? Like, what did they do, and how did that play well, in your life?
2: Both both of my parents, uh, which, you know, they were not together when I grew up, but Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of time with both of them. Both of them really, like, went and and were doing what they loved. Like, my father was an actor, you know, Mm -hmm. growing up. Um, which okay. is like, nice. it's not entrepreneurship, but it is kind of like, it's a grind, like, yeah. it's a grind. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and like, you're putting it all on the line Absolutely. for your passion. So, acting wow. is crazy because acting is a career based on projection. Totally, which crazy, totally. And yeah. entrepreneurship is somewhat <laughs> based on projection. <laughs> so. <laughs> <That's laughs> so, maybe that's
2: that's, a, that's <laughs> where I got that, that from. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Um, Awesome. And, and, and my mom was just always just just a hustler man whatever it took you know to, to make sure my brother and I were provided for it. like mm-hmm. she would figure it out so you know she owned it. she owned a gym like oh, you know sweet. like in the in the in the this is in the 90s like a black woman like wow like just That's making amazing. it happen man. and then you know she was really good at sales so she ended up getting a sales job later but she always had just that this real hustle like she'll get it done so I, I definitely think I got that from her mm-hmm. um, so, so yeah, so that 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 was kind of just what I saw, you know, growing up without
1: what, what I was exposed to. Gotcha, yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Well, take us into like the um, uh, the steps into especially starting a tech company. And you said you started this around high school, right, no, so. no, no, no. in high school, I had no idea. I did. Okay, okay right, so right, right, I started this
2: when I was in uh, working at a law firm, got it, okay. uh, a few years ago, uh, about three, four years ago. Scattered, no hmm? scattered?
1: yeah, 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 scattered, arms, yeah. Yeah, got, got you. They're going. <laughs> <laughs> got, you, got you, And um, for the corporate lifestyle, was it like did it fit you, or did you knew that okay, I have this idea. Eventually, I'm gonna, you know. I didn't that have, Yeah, out. I was at the firm for about three years and
2: I, I did not have this idea, you know, from the beginning of being mm-hmm. there. I, I knew I wanted to do something mm-hmm. and and I, I I didn't really feel fulfilled by the work I was doing at the firm. It was always kind of a means to an like stack some bread, yeah. you know, and eventually and a lot of people go into it with that plan and then they end up, you know, getting those golden handcuffs. Yeah. You know, they, they get addicted to their lifestyle and they end Maybe up staying right. in that kind of environment. That's a good so plan. I was like, you know, I want to get out before
0: that happens mm-hmm. yeah and partner bonuses yeah. are kind of healthy yeah you know, yeah you know yeah so, so what what was that um transition like for you i mean you you did um m a law right yeah. and so I mean that that takes a certain skill set you know in in developing yourself to become an attorney mm-hmm. and real quick
1: what school was that law school yeah what? which um we yeah, have yeah yeah which is like the top law school yeah something Okay. So you're yeah yeah very intellectual brother I must say
2: I, yeah I mean it's one of those things I was always good at school you know like people are good at different things it's like school always came Classics. academics came easy
0: to prove. well salute to you right want me to do what read
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah like, tell it tell us about you know a bit of that transition I mean we're gonna definitely jump do a deep dive into yeah. that into the app, but, you know, being an attorney, you become used to a, a certain lifestyle, you become yeah. used to a certain workload, and then all of a sudden you're immersed into the tech world, like, where where do you go to educate yourself um, during that process? Yeah, no, that's, that's a good question, yeah, as an attorney, like,
2: out of the professional jobs, I think being an attorney is one of the least risky ones, you know, it's a very kind of formulaic. Like, you know, you go to law school, you get a job with a firm, you stay there X amount of years, it's like the the, the path is just kind of laid out for you. And a lot of people like that, you know, like you can make good money, you know your, your check's coming. Um, so, so that was kind of like the total opposite of being an entrepreneur, um, which is... One another thing that like I I'm okay with more risk than the average person mm-hmm. I think and me I too. think yeah <laughs> I think we all are that's why we're here right <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, so so kind of moving away from that security for me wasn't that you know it wasn't that difficult mm-hmm. of course you have to take you can't be you know foolhardy about it got to take certain financial measures and make sure that you're in a position to, to take on that risk but mm-hmm. when it was time I was prepared I was ready. Um, but, yeah, it's total that, that that transition is real. I mean, getting that check and bonus, you know, yeah. every year and being good, go, going from that to zero. Yeah. I mean, so It's real. whole, whole
1: different um, mentality man. at that point. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Where did you uh, go to educate yourself on, on you know, the tech world? It,
2: it a lot, to be honest, a lot online. Um, uh, books, you know, just kind of reading a lot, mm-hmm. talking to people. There's um, this, like... Uh, early on I would go to like BFs. Um we, I was fortunate to kind of get in the involvement we work by community pretty early on, oh, like sure. in this in this journey. So like we is you know such a great you know, resource in terms of just meeting entrepreneurs and other people mm-hmm. that are on this is true. absolutely um, so those are the main reasons I mean this, this from education standpoint, like educating yourself. There's so much information like online now. You can yeah. just, you can learn anything. From, like yeah. Khan academy. Like you can like yeah. go on there and like become Do you, you what they call it?
1: A YouTube university yeah, or something? Like, it's, yeah.
2: It's, it's real. Like there's no excuse like yeah, in this yeah. in this year, in this century, like this time mm-hmm. to, to
0: not be able to find the knowledge you're seeking. Oh. So how did you um be, what were the first steps that you, you took to you say, all right, you're sitting in a barber shop? Dudes, take it way too long. I want to make an app. You know what I'm saying? What were what were the first three steps that you took towards that goal?
2: Yeah. So um, the idea actually came because my co-founder Dave and I we were both in a similar stage in life where we were looking to transition into doing something entrepreneurial. We didn't have know exactly what. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were literally brainstorming. Uh, we both lived in Harlem, so we would go to uh, on the weekends. We would go to Columbia. And it's like sneak in a classroom because they're open on, on the weekends in some
0: building, you can just go in there. you you really good at school, you are <laughs> and, you know,
2: it like it was just
1: right there, like why not? So we, we were
2: going there and we were just little like brainstorming ideas. And then that's how we kind of came about like, yo, this is something that we both experienced. And then from there it was like, Okay, well, can you code? Nope. Can you code? Nope. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we gotta find find somebody to do that. So Man. so that that was kind of the next phase. It's like, okay, if you're gonna build a tech company finding somebody to build the technology. And from the beginning, because I had read and kind of you know talked to a lot of people, I knew that I didn't want to go the outsourcing
1: route. just like paying. Mm. Um, like going like, you know, they got a like, there's a lot of coders that people get internationally. Yeah. I've heard the horror stories. You do the email correspondence, and it's yeah, like, it gets yeah. a little tricky. And then,
2: at the end of the day, if you are not technical, you have no way of determining a guaranteeing, yeah, right what you, you get your chance, for yeah, you. absolutely so it just it just i, I was like all right we don't want to do that yeah um, so then it was like okay like we got to find somebody so that was the next the next
1: step right. okay. were there any like um, um as far as building your team or there any like certain individuals characteristics or you know um, attributes you wanted your team to have, where there's like a process of like building. At, at that point, you're taking anybody who wants to work. With you. <laughs> I'll be honest, it's like, are yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, you down or it? It's not. Right. Yeah, it's not
2: like you, you're making people check off all these boxes. It's like, yo, can you code? You want to work with me? You know, it's like yeah, anything you can do to move forward to keep moving mm-hmm. is, is is what you got to do. Um, so at that point, the main criteria was like ability to code an iOS
0: app, period. You know, you and you. willingness to work with us. Uh, yeah. So now you have got that part down. You're like, all right, we can build that. We found you know yeah. somebody suitable to do that. But now you have to dig and find the information. Like, what, what was that process like? Going to barber shops and like you know, I mean, that's essentially sales. Like, kind of knocking on doors and yeah, you know, really building those initial relationships. Yeah. What was that like for you?
2: I mean, that that that's where like going back to that that hustling, you know, hustler mentality like that. It mm-hmm. so was literally pounding the pavement. It was mm-hmm. like. I mean, I don't have the numbers on hand, but I, I've between my co-founder and I, we've personally, physically been into probably the majority of the barbershops in, in Manhattan, at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, walked into them. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, talked to the owner and tried to get them, you know, to, to hear us out. Uh, so, yeah, and it was, it was rough, man. Like. Talk about rejection it's like you know yeah. you walk in they're like who are like who are you like you know new yorkers yeah, not yeah. all the bullshit you exactly. know it's like what are you here for my exactly. time is my money so <laughs> especially when, barbers like they especially just, barbers yeah. they're cutting they're they're cut like, it. okay talk to me for a second yeah if they ain't hearing you then that's it absolutely so uh and and i think that that really cutting our teeth here really helped us because it's like you can do that in new york you can sell a uh 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 yeah. A cynical ass New Yorker right. <laughs> it's so much easier anywhere else Absolutely, to go yeah. Um, so yeah that's what it was man and there were there were tough times man. Mm-hmm. I just remember sometimes it was like a snowstorm and we were literally like trudging through the snow just like going shop to shop and like you know, 10 degree weather and uh, trying to get in pitching these guys mm-hmm. and at first we didn't even really have a product it was just like selling them on the idea wow. and, and, and getting their feedback like
1: I was I was telling for, I think we I was telling Francis all the time when we was having a conversation I'm like people don't know how much behind the scenes I fail like you know what I mean like oh, yeah. I feel like to increase the success rate you have to increase your failure rate oh, yeah. like it goes hand in hand you yeah. know what I'm saying um you pitching all these barbershops. I'm pretty sure there was only a handful in the beginning that mm-hmm. may have like, really responded positively. Yeah, literally one mm-hmm. or two at first. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? When we got that, that those
2: first couple shops to really use it, it was like, yo, it felt amazing. Right. Like, yo, like somebody, we're, we built something that somebody is actually using. You know, we have a real customer.
1: Like, that was just so Did up. that give you, like, the uh, like the motivation to keep going? Like, we just got yeah. one and you get two? And exactly. Yeah, I mean, that, you know, the rejection
2: is tough, but the win is, like, more than make up for it. You yeah, know what
0: I mean? I'm imagining you walking in and you're trying to sell this product and the barber is like, so you don't want to cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: but here's the hack for that. Here's the hack for that. <laughs> what you do is you go and, and you get the cheapest service they have
1: you know what I mean like go oh, and get that
2: $7 man. beer oh, $7 trip or so and then you got time. his attention for at least 15 minutes oh, <laughs> you know what I
1: mean true, true, yeah. true. So, now you're
2: giving him money now you gotta, gotta give you a now loan he's got, he's got, now you're his customer he's yeah. gotta be nice to exactly. you exactly. gotta talk to you yeah. gotta give you attention yes. there's no way around it you're stuck yeah. with him exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. a captive
0: market, you know what they call that. Yeah, right, right, you like, Yo, yeah. probably get his... super fresh walking in the shop. Yeah, yeah, right. How much cuts are you going to get on this She's yeah. Like, we, we don't
1: do soliciting,
0: bro. <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> right. The signs up there, no soliciting, yeah. But, um, so, I, you, just reading about Squire, and I'll, I'll definitely be downloading it um later on today, and putting my bar onto it, because he need to start taking yeah. some appointments, oh, yeah. goddamn. But, um, it's a really robust product, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, can you talk about how, what that process was like, kind of like, you know, adding new pieces to mm-hmm. it? Because I, I see that you, you know, barbers are really allowed to enterprise on, on their end. And it, it it looks like a really great opportunity for them to have a learning experience as well mm-hmm. to build their business. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, so that was like the key insight that, that we learned um, over time, which was that they didn't need this robust, like this enterprise system, like, mm-hmm. like you said, um, to really kind of solve the needs of not just the barber, but the whole shop. Because mm-hmm. you know, when we started, it was that uh, an app first, iOS app, and it really you know, catered to the individual barber um, and the customer. But as we started talking to more shops and shop owners, listening to them get, getting their feedback... Uh, we realized that that in and of itself wasn't sufficient to really solve the problems of the whole shop. So we did have to build that more robust system. And, and, you know, that was a process. Like, you know, Mm. part of it, we actually operated a barbershop ourselves. Like,
0: Hmm. what was that experience
2: like? It was amazing, man. Like, that was probably one of the pivotal moments in our trajectory that really allowed us to get where we are today. Mm. Um, And it it was a big risk. It was early on, um... You know, we hadn't really raised much money at that point, and it was one of the first shops that was using the system that we had built, like the beta version mm-hmm. or like the enterprise version. Mm-hmm. And they were they were using it. And we were super excited. It was a dope, like high end shop in Chelsea, uh, in Chelsea Market. And then, uh, you know, within a few months of them using it, the owner was like, "You know, this isn't going in the direction I, I liked, and I, I'm just gonna shut down the shop." Mm-hmm. You know, wow. And um, we ended up convincing them to keep it open. And let us assume the lease. Wow. We had to put up a lot of money and we didn't have a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. it was a big risk. But we ended up put, putting up the money for the lease and wow. just like stepping in and like putting ourselves in the shoes of the owner. Mm-hmm. And we ran that for a like, seven, eight months. And that was one of the best decisions we ever That's made. It was a good ass run. Yeah. Was it a learning experience? Or? Such a, oh, man. I okay. talk about. I mean, we're not barbers. Right, right. We did hear nothing about running a barber shop. So it was like literally, you know, my Wait. co-founder and I, and I, I had a, I had a product like in there at the desk. Like, wow, they thought that we were just you know sweeping hair, <laughs> doing <laughs> what all was located at? In Chelsea, so if you're going to Chelsea Market, mm. um, and you walk in like all the way to, towards the back, like there's a, there's a barbershop in there, or you have to kind of know where it is to to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's still it's still there. Were you able to um. Make it profitable, or yeah, yeah, they were losing a lot
0: of money, and we we, we turned it around. Like we, we wow. were making like crazy money, but we, we, it was profitable. Right. Yeah. Okay. what were what were some things that you know you applied because your your partner um, has a, a sales background, yeah. correct? Yeah. What were some of those mechanics that you applied on from your end of experience and from his end that made it uh, successful? Running the
2: shop, or just in general, just a square. Both. Um, so I mean, I think just this sales is critical. You know what I mean? Like being able to code is is essential to have the product. But if you have a product and you can't get it out to people, like you, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having that, you know, having that, ability, like he had a sales background. You know, I had to learn a lot, you know, about it, um, and and just being able to get in front of people, talk to people, talk to owners, just put your idea out there and pitch, like you know, all that, all kind of the skill sets that we already had landed themselves more more to that.
0: Okay. We were able to pretty well i, I want to yeah. touch on one thing that you, you kind of glossed over and that was funding yeah what is that conversation like for mm. this particular vertical to fund a a, tech, a technology app for something that's a weekly necessity for men so you're you're gonna be in business forever allegedly yeah but at the same time it's you're you're coming at it from like a cultural standpoint yeah. as well how do you pitch something like that
2: yeah, so it it really um, some investors get it immediately, mm. and they're like, "Well, just take a step back." One kind of unfair advantage we have is that it is what it is. Most most investors are men, just true. you know, unfortunately. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So because of that, we kind of have an advantage. from uh, the Jump. I didn't even they're like, that. That's true. "I go to Barbara. You know, th- yeah, this yeah. is a problem that actually the, this particular demographic, that being investors. They are very most of them are displayed too. Yeah, so they're right. like, yeah, I go to Oh, I've waited. Oh, I know. So they get it immediately. Mm. Um, and and some of them don't get how like big it is. And and, and that's a sense that like something that we kind of understand like we, on a fundamental level, like we're there, we're so close to it that we, we can see like the opportunity mm. and how much of a like you said, a culture, how much of a like is a subculture that's like Strong that people don't know about, and like that's what opportunities are. Like when you know something is big and nobody else does, Mm. that's how you make successful companies. Because if everybody knew it, they'd be doing it too. Um, So some some investors don't don't get it, and they they think it's like too 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 niche. Mm. But like you said, this is something that affects half the population, and they do it on a consistent basis for the majority of their lives. Mm. Like how is it? What's niche about that? Mm. Um, So yeah, but I mean you know we we. We've had some great investors and, and you know, some of them immediately wants to hear it right there on the spot, you know, wanting to put up money and some was a longer process. And then, of course, there's a lot of no's. A lot a lot of no's. But that just comes the yeah, yeah. territory. What are, what are some reasons you've gotten for no's? Yeah. Market size, mm. not not understanding. And then every no is, is the reason is barely transparent. You know what I mean? Like, you don't really know what the reason is. It could be because they just don't like you, or they think you're not the founder to do it, or, you know, whatever. It could be a multitude of reasons, but they rarely, what you'll you'll hear on your end is usually something kind of canned response, like generic, like market size, or, and as a matter of fact, they rarely say no. Usually they say, oh, come back to me. Come back to me in Uh, a few months. Come back to me. You know, like, you know. That's a host thing. Yeah, I prefer no. If you give me a no. Yeah. like that's great uh, Just so I can save my time but like a lot of them want to keep you know asking you for this and numbers and that and then
1: eventually they don't pull the sugar but you know it's part of the job absolutely. did you go through seed funding first or was it like beta raise funds create product put it in stores pitch or how do you guys do like what we, we raised an angel round okay. first uh, which was
2: we were very fortunate to be in this city you know, New York is this so many talented professionals here, people with, with you know, money, disposable income. Um, we're both professionals and, and kind of in that black, like, professional community. And right, right, we're right. fortunate to have, like, some some people in our network who helped us out early on. Right, right. And, like, these, these, you know, some of these are friends, you know, some of these are people that we mutual acquaintances, and that, that, most people don't have that, you know. Absolutely. So that, that, that was super helpful. And then, um, you know, eventually we raised. It's always hard to know what the terms are: seed, angel. Um, so we raised from, I guess, a, a, a seed, um, or pretty
1: much for our audience, they secured the bag. Yeah, <laughs> like second time, yeah. <laughs> second time. Um, exactly. And then, uh,
2: then we did Y Combinator. Oh, okay. And then, and then, did you we, find that
1: effective being part of a celebration? Oh, yeah.
2: So. That would, so if the if owning the shop was like the first kind of pivot moment, definitely YC was was the second one. Mm. Gotcha. Um
0: that that just helped us, you know, immensely. Okay. Yeah. Dope, dope, dope. Yeah. So oh uh, let's let's touch on the uh, we we did um, you know, the uh, barber or shop experience. What does it offer the user? Like a, a regular Joe like me. Yeah. Um, you no, know, I, I happened upon, it. I heard about it from, you know, driven Minds podcast and, um, what, what, what does it offer today?
2: Yeah. So for the customer kind of goes back to those core, uh, problems that many of us experiences. So the first kind of, first thing is discovery, mm-hmm. you know, you may have your guy, but if you don't, you can actually find a quality barber on Squire, you know, it's based on your location. So Wherever you are, it's gonna pull up the shops that are closest. So if you're traveling, or even in your own city, you're looking to try somebody new, you can see that. Um, and then the next thing is the booking experience. So you can see in real time the barber's availability, select your time. You know, you'll be locked in. And then the third thing is payment. So instead of having to have cash, it's a seamless transaction, including tip. You know, right on the app, you can pay and everything. Mm-hmm. And then you know, just go get your cut and then just walk out. So it takes that that Uber experience that we're all used to, mm. like how remember how dope it was when you first used Uber and you're like, oh, yeah. I don't gotta go in my oh, shit. pocket. That shit I like, you up. feel like yeah. a VIP. Yeah. Like like yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Car pulled up for me. Yeah. yeah. So it's that you know, translated to the barbershop. Mm. Got it. Uh,
0: yeah. How is it penetrating? Um, well, before we get there, yeah. what markets are you in, and how is it penetrating different markets outside of New York? Yeah, we're in. Over 30
2: cities. Lovely. at this point. Yeah, all all across the country. Uh, we just launched Toronto, so it's mm-hmm. first international market. Nice. Working with dope shop. We're voted number one shop in Toronto. Nice. Um, nice. They're on board. So our, our in terms of geogra- geographically, it's very mm-hmm. holistic. It's where we get demand because mm-hmm. we don't physically need to be on the ground and we don't need to have a uh, demand. In, in other words, customers download Squire in order for them to use it. Mm-hmm. They can use it, set it up, and then their own customers, you know, book on it. Mm-hmm. So because of that, it opens up anywhere. You know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, so, so our biggest markets are, are New York, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta is crazy. Yeah, like the yeah, culture in Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta is like. I've been mm-hmm. spending a lot of time there recently, and I'm like, I feel like Atlanta is like becoming like the cultural mecca of I'm like. like just black coaster, you yeah, Travis. Like, you gotta go there. yeah. You gotta, yeah. yeah it's it's, it's, it's dope, yeah, man. You know. and, and the barbers there, just like so high quality, man. Like you mm-hmm. know, the, they they have super real down there. Yeah, man. yeah. yeah. So so they're doing know. amazing things down there. So the that, barber that, shows are amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a big market. Then um, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much all
0: the big cities, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got some presence in. So, it, mm-hmm. so I mean, since you're not on the floor, that means your your digital pitch got to be like. You know super refined uh, but have you come across any type of you know like a um, cultural hiccups with with selling a product I mean you know from uh, different cultures or or just um, geographically because you know again like Barber culture in New York has got to be different than barber culture in Atlanta, and it's different than Toronto and yeah. so on. Like, has and it Cali, has yeah. that appeared in any type of fashion? It's funny
2: there's cultural
0: nuances for sure, mm-hmm.
2: but this community and this like culture and just being a part of it, it's really it's it's, it's really amazing, man. It's like it's the only time that me personally I've, I've seen I've been in a, in a room full of people from all different backgrounds. Got black, Latino, Asian, white, everything in between. And they're all just like barbers. Mm. You know what I mean? It's not like and it, it almost sounds like kind of corny or something. It's just like it's not like obviously race is always important, but there's just like almost like a brotherhood, you know, amongst them. And they do these events in different, you know, cities and they come and support each other. Yeah. And it's just like you see all these cultures blending. And it's because they're they're all like it's a foundational like barber culture that they're all a part of even though they have differences otherwise so you know just being kind of a part of it on on, around around the perimeter you know not being a barber myself but going to these events and getting involved like it's really a beautiful thing to see it's like there's so much you know not to get like political but there's just so much division now Mm -hmm. everywhere you know politically racially geographically and to to for me to be like going to these events, different seasons, seeing that it does kind of give you a little bit of hope. Like mm-hmm. sometimes people can just really, you know, get
1: beyond those those, those differences. How much do you enjoy what you do? Man, yo, man. I can tell, man. You I look. Like happy. What you he hasn't stopped smiling since you got <laughs> in. I don't, I don't, What's don't, up, player? I know, man. It's just,
0: it's just, it's sometimes happy, I almost right? feel bad. Don't feel bad, dog. Don't feel bad. I, feel bad, like, I was trying to. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I to look, for most of human history, mm-hmm. people have done what they work, what they do on a day-to-day is for subsistence, mm. so, you know, like, all the way from hunting and gathering to working at a factory to yep. everything between agrarians, every, every civilizations, right. like, that's what most people do, have done. we so fortunate to be born in the year we were born to be living at this time sure. where we have the option to try to do something that we love like love, mm-hmm. love. that's a novel concept mm-hmm. and, and you know they talk about millennials you know i'm an og millennial I'm, I'm i'm still a millennial technically even i'm like a, you know i'm born in 80, 84 um this the millennial generation like that's what we want like we want to actually have fulfillment mm-hmm. and that's new like our parents and our grandparents you know what like, I mean? Like we're doing that. <laughs> it was survival. It, it was, was survival, man. Yeah, Especially so, for immigrant
1: parents and whatnot. Like yeah. it was just about like coming to America. Yeah. Um, remember um, what was it? The uh the Will Smith movie, the African movie. I won't do the accent, but thought <laughs> about it. But he was like, um when he was Africa, he was like growing up, um yeah, he was like growing up, uh heaven was here. And America was here. You yeah. know what I mean? So that thought process of yeah. just, like, survival just to get out, like, mm-hmm. you know, for for immigrant parents, people who came over, people who just, you know, grinded and survived. I mean, a lot of that is in the, you know, yeah. the black narrative, the multicultural narrative. So to be able to do what you love is, is a blessing and a salute, brother. It is. It is. Right. So uh, I got no... You won't hear me complain about nothing. Like, I'm just for so fortunate in this
2: position, Yeah. What advice
1: would you give somebody who is in that corporate structure or who has a dream uh, um, entrepreneurial aspiration and they wanna take that, that that first leap and, you know, quit their job, walk out the door. You know, smack their manager and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. smack the shit out of Doug first, in accounting. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Lawsuits are real. <laughs> um, That'll mess up the whole trajectory. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I would say the first thing I would recommend doing is is really doing some self reflecting, mm-hmm. and you know whether that's church or yoga, whatever it is you do to get centered and meditation, and just really get in touch with yourself and see what it is in your life that's meaningful, that gives you fulfillment, that what it is that you want to do with, with this one life that you have. That's true. And, and, and be honest with yourself. Maybe it is, whatever that is, you can still stay at your company and do that. Hmm. Maybe it is. Maybe you're like, I want to make a lot of money and then be a philanthropist. I don't know. But just be honest with yourself. And if you come to the conclusion that you cannot follow, you know, your life goals or your, your fulfillment, and stay in the situation you are. Mm. In the, at the, then you have to come up with a plan and execute. Period. Mm. The worst thing you want to do is be stuck in this limbo, like, oh, I hate my job, you and just you stay there. That's you true. Know? And I've you seen have, that. Yeah, that mental state. That mental, mental block. In there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you know, come, come and and come come to that decision. And if you you're like, I can't do it, then come up with a plan, a that game plan. Man. And make sure you stick to it and like by this date I'm gonna make this move and just be fearless you can't operate with fear in your heart you just have to make that decision and do it I always like I always tell people like what's the worst that's gonna happen nobody's gonna to come to your house and think, shoot you you know there's no physical danger like we're, we, we get so much anxiety and, and there's so much fear mm-hmm. that people often have but if you step back and just think about it like what what's the you can get another job worst case scenario sure, sure, sure. so like what is there to be scared of so I, I always say just you know just you just have to make that move and do it
0: yeah uh, absolutely yeah uh, uh, but before we wrap up i do have one more question yeah um you've been going to a lot of events yeah um what, what's that like is there any like culture shock or what are some things that you've, you've learned from those you know hair care events
2: yeah um I learned a lot, uh, a lot about weaves, man, in, in, at <laughs> <laughs> when I First I went to that, like, oh, it's, my mind's blown away. the different, it's a science. Mm-hmm. You know, they have man mm-hmm. weaves. You know what I mean? Well, like, men yeah. get weaves too. So that, that's, that's right. well, I like highlight
1: like ball spots shit. Yeah,
2: so if they're ball, like, it's crazy. So like, they cut all your hair off on the top, and they they like glue. I actually been seeing a lot of IG stuff yeah, videos. this. On it's that. real. Like it's like a it's whole crazy. industry. These these cast wow. are, are paying like fifteen hundred dollars
0: to get that. Wow. Everybody deserves a proper hairline, dog. Hey, yeah, word. I mean, hey, whatever it is, I'm not judging you. <laughs> <do it. laughs> like, mine's good. I ain't tripping. You
1: yeah, I mean, it. We got you know. Yeah.
2: It's better for us. The more business, the better. Yeah. Um. Indeed. So no, that that you know that suggests, but I've. There's so many different types of events, and you know some are very barber specific. Uh, they're like hair battles, you know, very competitive, and you know those are cool just to kind of you know see you know how how competitive the competitive element of the culture. Uh, and then you know others like this one that we just did is a straight beauty show, mm-hmm. and it's really really big beauty show that they had at, you know Javits, and that was it's mostly women, but then the barbers. Who you do find there, go there or like have really like shops that are more like salons, even though they're barber shops. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, so they're very organized, very high price point. They are looking wow. for software. So it's just it, there's a lot of different, you know, types of mm-hmm. shops and different types of barbers and they have different needs. So for us, we want to build solutions for all of them. You know, whether you're an independent barber just doing your thing, or you are an owner with multiple locations, you know, all around the country, you know, we want to be able to service them. We, we, we want to own, you know, this whole space and be like the, the leading technology provider for this industry. Do so, you want to move into the uh, the female market? I mean, it's, it's something that we could definitely do from a technology standpoint, like it's very similar, uh, what their needs are, although there are some differences. Um, But we are focused right now on on really the men's side, Mm. like building a brand around it. Because to me, it's hard to brand successfully for both. Mm. Um, You know, if we're trying to, particularly if we're trying to appeal to consumers and you want to know that you can download Squire, find the best shop. You don't want to download it and see like nails and Mm, blowouts. (laughs) You know, like that's just. So if we were to ever do anything, it would be totally separate. But right now, we're just laser focused on
1: on the men's side. Like that's where the. It, they were. It's very underserved. Gotcha. You know? What I did want to ask too, um, and you guys are probably think about this. What about barbers coming to you, like coming to your home? Is that yeah. you, is that a way to? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's. We looked at that and uh, did a lot of research. Uh,
2: there's a couple of companies that are doing that. Uh, I think that the barbershop is always going to be kind of the, the epicenter, mm-hmm. and I don't think it's going anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it's probably. One of the only small businesses that won't be replaced by automation.
1: Hmm. So 50 years from now,
2: there will still be barbers. There may not be grocery stores. There may I not be dry cleaners, but there will be barbers. I will never let a robot get exactly. me. Exactly from less serious. Exactly. Line me up. That's one thing Siri can't do. So you know, I think that just looking at the future, uh, this is an industry that is around for you know long term, uh, and and you know that for us, that's a great that's a great
1: thing super dope yeah um, so yeah we ask all our podcasters i said that wrong we asked all our guests <laughs> <laughs> this um this question when they come on the show um and the question is what drives you what keeps you going it wakes you up in the morning to keep following your dream um uh, making greatness with uh with the squire app what keeps you going it's it's uh
2: it's going back to how fortunate unfortunately I feel like I am to be in this position is that being able to create something that people use and have customers and and to have had an idea that didn't exist and to have manifested into reality and like we actually have you know like thousands of people using it every day mm-hmm. like that drives me like actually providing value to, mm-hmm. to, to people like just that like it's 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 almost magical like creating something that didn't exist that's valuable to somebody else mm-hmm. and that they really use it's it's it's, it's one of the best films in the world so being able to keep doing that and keep growing the business and you know getting more shops and more customers and 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 doing something that is a, is a is adding positivity to people's lives. Like you get a cut, yeah. you feel fresh, you feel great. Like mm-hmm. we're facilitating something that's just yeah, straight yeah. positive. I'm like a different person. You're like a different Freeing person. Post- yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I move in
0: slow mo when I uh, yeah.
2: totally I'll cancel the events. Uh. To <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Swag <laughs> it's, like it's different. You feel better about yourself. And yeah. then on, on the barber side, it's like providing with tools to to improve their business. Like these mm-hmm. these, these men and, and some women as well that are barbers like. They, they provide for their families. Like, mm-hmm. this is like barbering saved my life. Like, that's, that's like a thing that they say because many of them, they literally saved their life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, being able to help them with their business, like, it's a great feeling, man. So, that's what drives me. Dope. That's so fire, yo. Where
0: yeah. can we find you on the socials?
2: Um, you can find me on Instagram at SongLaron, S O N G E L A R O N. You can find Squire at, at GetSquire. And uh, yeah, I
1: love it, man. Download that app, y'all. Download the app, get that cut. It's hurt. And we always say it's time. Stay driven.